0: Sometimes you don't say a lot, James, but when you do, you nail it. I would disagree. I think you say a lot all the time, but you also nail it quite a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you are going to say, I don't nail it. That was a classic comedic misdirect. That was good. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster,
0: and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Schramco. James, how you doing, man?
1: Well, thank you, Ezra. How
0: are you? I'm good. I had an all beef kosher hot dog on a uh, gluten free baguette.
1: <laughs> I was wondering if you were having a ro- rodent roast.
0: Well, I'll tell you about that, but minutes before the vegetarians arrived, got to get that, uh, you know, we're having a whole vegetarian meal. Uh, I had to prep for it, man, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you remember one of our very early episodes, we had, you were telling me about the breatharian that got caught in the 7
0: Yes, yes, he got caught in the Seven Eleven with a hot dog. The uh, leader, I believe it was like the leader of the breatharian move. Breatharian is what they are. I don't know. They live yeah. on sunlight and air or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. he got caught. So I was that guy. I was having a hot dog, <laughs> uh, prepping myself for a, a vegetarian dinner uh, in private.
1: <laughs> and how is uh, rural life in New York?
0: Ah, uh, it's great. You know, as you know, I've been having this problem with groundhogs, and I actually. So, you know, as we discussed, this moral dilemma of uh, confronting having to potentially kill these things or trap and release or whatever. And then I also I'm a meat eater, right? I eat chicken and beef, and I've got no problem with that at all. You know, I don't even feel bad because I don't have to confront the ending of a life there. And I had the uh, I had the exterminator out for another issue. We have carpenter ants. We got wasps. We I mean, it's just like. Uh, we have this garden. It's unbelievable. It's beautiful. Nature, you know, we've we've created all this life with our garden and uh, animals are flocking to it, which is super cool. And it's kind of like that for business, right? Like what you cultivate, you get.
1: Plus, you're, you're kind of in their environment. And I was reading about this in a book called Sapiens, which is a fascinating book. But, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, our species has been cruising around out in the wild. You know, eating bits and pieces and hunting things and being hunted. It's only very recently we started sticking up shelters and staying in the one spot. So, of course, they're going to, we're sort of interrupting the flow of things a bit.
0: Totally. Totally. And it's been really fun to be in nature. And also you end up attracting things that you don't necessarily want to live around or that may be detrimental to your living space. And then you've got to like, you know, be OK with your cycle in the food chain, all this kind of stuff. And so I had this guy out and this is for anyone listening who, who doesn't want to hear some gruesome stuff. Stop listening now because it's about to get intense. So I had this guy out and, you know, he, he was this catch and release guy. He was from the exterminator and he said it was gonna be eight hundred dollars a week to catch and release these groundhogs, and that if we caught and released them, that their chance of survival was very low because they wouldn't have a home. There would be other predators, other groundhogs running them out, and so that you know probably wasn't worth it, and that if I think I have 12, I probably have 40, and that and that they are destroying my foundation, and that I really ought to just kill them, as I had been doing, because I have gotten four of them, James. I have these traps. I trap them. I have an air gun. I pump the air gun. I put the nozzle of that barrel to this being's head, and I pull the trigger. And it is an extremely intense experience. And then I take their lifeless bodies in a uh, – uh, maybe this is too intense for think I get. What do you think?
1: <laughs> it's Pretty out there. Depends on the episode.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should go back to business. Maybe I'm gonna get some people who really don't like me after this. This is just Just a description. Stop it there. Okay.
1: That's fine. We get the picture.
0: Well, I did this four times. I did this four times, and I decided I am not doing this anymore. This is just too heavy. It's too intense, and uh, maybe maybe I could just let them be, and it's no big deal. So that's that's where we're at with it now, and uh, I, I think maybe we'll hold off on the subject because you know this is a very controversial subject. We got a lot of response of people who did not like this uh, potential for for killing these things.
1: Oh, I didn't didn't really didn't really see it, uh, many negative responses. I think a lot of people were giving you some suggestions or some ideas, but it's not something everyone has to face. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of your key points that it's something that's been. It's reared its head for you, but it's not really going to affect someone living in a residential apartment.
0: Well, they, it's happening, right? If they're buying carrots at the supermarket, groundhogs are dying as a result, but they just don't see it, right? They don't have to confront that. I'm growing carrots, and uh, I have to confront it. And anyways, I, I'm sorry to kind of go off on a tangent there, but it has been an intense time.
1: Well, it's been an ongoing series, and we can find out if there's any request for an update. Down the track.
0: Yeah, if you want to know more, I've got uh, I've got some more interesting stories about what's happening there. But our episode today is about flexibility—the quality of bending easily without breaking. Flexibility. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get.
1: Interesting topic. What inspired this one?
0: Uh, Well, it's something that I've been going. I've had it that I'm not a flexible person. Like I've had this viewpoint that I am not flexible.
1: So this is the, uh, you're talking about the reality distortion factor like Steve Jobs was renowned to have where, where the people who really make change in the world are the people who won't flex at all and they bend everyone else around their will.
0: Well, actually I was talking about in my physical body.
1: Really? Yeah. Like I've had this viewpoint that like my body is not
0: flexible. Now I've then put attention on flexibility. I've I've done consistent movement in the direction of having my joints and ligaments and muscles be more flexible. And wouldn't you know it, I'm more flexible. (laughs) So this idea that I had that I wasn't flexible was a farce. Uh, that I wasn't flexible as far as – and and like all it took was some consistent dedicated attention towards that goal to see movement in that area. And I just found it to be a, a really interesting and sort of good analogy for the rest of life. And I think flexibility is a really valuable skill to develop in balance with stability. It's kind of one of those skills where too much of it is problematic but so is too little of it. Like. The benefits of being flexible is that it makes it easy for people to get along with you. you got a lot of ways that you can win in certain situations. you got a lot of sort of ways things can go that you can feel good about them, and it kind of connotes ease. But the downside is that too much of it makes makes it hard to get any one thing done, and you're kind of always swaying off the course to accommodate other people, and then your goals – have a risk of not being prioritized so if you're if you're overly accommodating of your own needs like sort of putting those aside you can get you know, your needs can get lost and it's like it's great to be service oriented and to really put your customers first but part of good service Is holding firm boundaries about what you will and won't do for your clients. And so I just found this conversation about flexibility to be very interesting. And you and I in the business world have had to adapt several times to stay where we are. I mean, you and I both in a certain way came from the SEO world. And one of the things that I think that you did incredibly well was you adapted to the change of that industry before the industry really had fully changed. And I'm curious how you saw that coming because, and just for people who don't, I mean, you can maybe give a little backstory on what happened in SEO and how, like I saw, it was very intense for me as an e-commerce person because I literally saw half of the business owners I knew with seven-figure businesses go out of business, what seemed like overnight, man.
1: Yeah, that did happen. And I think a lot of that revolved around, there was a particular SEO membership, education type club that had a lot of e-commerce owners and SEO was a really big thing and it was quite easy to rank websites in the beginning if you knew how to do it and you and I, you go back sort of even 9 or 10 years ago now, It's like from the beginning I was interested in ranking in Google and it was fairly easy to, to do for quite some time and then a lot of people created whole industries around providing SEO services and I went from being a solo practitioner to building out a team. At one stage, I think we had 38 people in our SEO division. We had a seven-figure business. We were cranking. Part of that team was a research and development team. That's the, the, the short answer why I survived and most SEO providers went out of business is because I am a student of innovation and optimization. And they're two different disciplines in my view, optimization is, is, you might also know it as Kaizen. It's this never-ending improvement. It's constant, small changes across the board that make a big difference overall. And innovation, that can be more radical or disruptive change. It could be, it could be you know investing in new technology. So our research and development team were charged with coming up with new ideas as part of their scope. So they're always testing things in advance.
0: Sort of constantly experimenting.
1: Yep. And then the optimization is just that was just like fine tuning the dials of the business, you know, changing the free report to a paid report, adjusting which tools were used in the business. We were keeping an eye on on little indicators. It's kind of like a spider web, and we could we were getting these tingles coming down the web and we realized blog networks were a big no-no and we moved out of them.
0: And by the way for a while blog networks were like all oh, anyone did you know they were
1: huge well that were they were they were huge i I had like 18 or 20 different servers I had had 1200 websites I was
0: I was I was definitely in the game you know
1: <laughs> and we could rank anything like that day it was seriously easy to do
0: yeah it was incredible back then
1: but it, but when that you know when when it became a situation of not being able to use those tools that's when everyone fell off off their business, like the it, they were addicted to sugar, and they crumbled, so we had to we had to wean ourselves off the easy way, and we went the hard way, and the hard way is actual human labor it 's doing good work uh, it meant that it, it took us a little longer to do things, it was a bit harder, but it also meant our competitors started to disappear, and in the end, we kind of won we had. Probably, probably one of the best, if not the the highest quality service provider in the industry, and it was so successful that our most successful customer, who I hand reared from scratch, ended up being the buyer of that business. <laughs>
0: Re- reared is an interesting uh, way to describe that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he, you know, I nurtured him. He he came along and sat, and he sat in a, a crowd at a workshop in Dubai, and. He paid some money and got my tutelage and through the conversations we had and his own previous experiences in business and his own solid application and enthusiasm, he really applied himself better than many of the other students and got the most incredible business as a result. Now, he's got a huge team, a wholesale and retail spectrum for his business and he's he's really crushing it in his local market, but now he's reached into other markets by taking over that business. And he's doing supremely well.
0: And by comparison, I know uh, one of my business partners is a former agency owner, SEO agency owner who sold link building, had a seven figure business selling link building and didn't adapt and continued to sell link building long after it didn't work and ended up feeling really terrible about it, getting a whole bunch of customers upset at him and having to essentially file for bankruptcy in that business.
1: Right, and now my student has got a seven-figure business and is doing really well because we had to be flexible. I, I learned uh, ages ago, I'm sh- I'm sure it's probably 20 years ago now, Ezra it probably dates me a bit, but I learned that change is the, the thing we have to master because that's the constant the constant is the inconstant the unconstant like the fact is whatever we're doing now won't be the same like bef- before i started forums uh, there was communities and bulletin boards after i started forums there's facebook groups so i have to be flexible about you know how my business might look in the future because there might be a crossover point where it makes sense to go down that path or It could just blow up in everyone's face again. Right now, Facebook live videos—everyone is doing those things, dude. I'm doing them. You know, it's happened. Everyone's doing them, and they—they've also—they've doubled in effectiveness since April, as uh, you know, getting content out in front of people on Facebook compared to posts with links, for example. I was just reading the.
0: Well, Facebook is wanting to prioritize these things. You know, Facebook wants people to use that technology.
1: Right. I was reading the BuzzSumo report about this. They want people using it there will be a temptation for a lot of marketers to only do it. And that's where they get in trouble.
0: Well, yeah, anytime something comes out, someone's like, you know, there's a course out immediately about how this is the only way to do things, you know.
1: Look, anytime something works, internet marketers ruin it for everyone. (laughs) You know, these live things were designed for us, you know, to show us a volcano erupting or a political rally or a fireworks display. Something amazing, you know. It, marketers now, they're just doing all these selfie stick marketing videos. And I think we're going to get a bit tired of it eventually. And there's definitely a place for it, but be flexible to build your future around the idea that this is not a long term proposition.
0: Yeah, that no one thing is the answer. Diversity creates flexibility. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about what you do is with OTR. It's such a diverse strategy of content marketing. There's so many different things happening, so many different touch points and channels. And I really do like to come back to this analogy of the body, right? Your joints. What makes for a healthy joint,
1: right? Well, I can tell you, I can, here I am with uh, riddled with osteoarthritis and it's been a, a huge topic because in just one year through the help of a lot of my own students which is you know i don't know about you ezra but how often do you find your students are playing big roles in the development of your career or life oh my god my mastermind members are uh, constantly giving me Right, so so I've got these guys showed me foam rollers. They've given me exercises to strengthen yes. my neck muscles. They've helped me out with avoiding f- inflammatory foods. So I've got this, you know, checking my DNA we talked about in a previous episode, which has caused a huge stir. People are really interested in that. So by understanding these things, in one year I've been able to reduce my pain significantly uh, where, where now I don't have to take painkillers or blockers i can sort of go about normal life just through becoming a little more flexible with my food and exercise but also using some of these tools and devices they've actually caused me to be more flexible i was literally locked my neck was like the tin man And
0: that will permeate your life. Of course, it will. It's not just your body. It's it's going to permeate your mental state. And you know, my father was a Heller worker uh, for 20 years, which is a a sort of a a similar to Rolfing. It's a type of uh, deep tissue uh, muscular therapy. I grew up doing judo and jujitsu. I'm a student of anatomy and physiology. And it's interesting when you look at what makes for a healthy joint: elbow, knee, shoulder. It's the proper balance of stability and flexibility. So if your joint is rigid, you don't have the full range of motion. You can't access that joint's full potential. But if the joint is too flexible, then it's always at risk of being injured. The slightest thing throws it out of whack and it can't hold much weight. And the same thing is true with flexibility in your business and interpersonal life. If you're too rigid, then you close yourself off to your full potential of experiences, of viewpoints, etc. But if you're like super flexible and you don't stand for something and you don't have a clear sense of your boundaries, then sort of there's nothing that 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 holds you together you don't really have a, a firm foundation you don't know who you are so it's great to be flexible up to a point but it's kind of also important to know where that point is and I find that balance to be a very interesting conversation and really if we look at my interpersonal life one that my wife Carrie has really helped me with so I was the guy who wanted to make everyone happy I wanted I wanted to play both sides against the middle have everyone feel good you know like really have no conflict and would would be willing to compromise my own sort of desires to that end, and Carrie's the opposite. She is really uh, stands strong in what she feels and believes, and doesn't get walked over. And like, is we've really been able to balance each other out. I've opened her up more. She's sort of tightened me down a little bit on my my boundaries. It's been really a fascinating ride, and I find that we are both more powerful because of it.
1: Yeah, I've, I've observed that for sure. I think a lot of A-type drivers are pretty fixed in their viewpoint because. We need to be confident when we're out there in business. No matter what you publish yeah. or what direction you take, there'll be 10 people who passively, aggressively detract f- from you. You know, I've got people, I I see how people behave when I do things and I often um, do things and I just do them knowing that there's going to be a result. And when I was just with my team over the last week, one thing that, my team members said, which I thought was really cool, one thing they like about our business is that we have the confidence to just do things. Mm. We're not too worried about what everyone's going to think or you know, reserved or tentative or holding back. We are bold with our brushstrokes. We'll just change our website and not necessarily uh, need to worry too much about any backlash or reaction because it's our website to change but we will be flexible about inputs. There'll be certain people who always give me feedback who I always ignore (laughs) because they don't implement themselves. They've got no success to speak of and they constantly passively aggressively attack with snide comments and cryptic questions and I just ignore them. Mm. And I do pay attention to... More qualified opinions, either the ones that I solicit, like the deep dive survey that i 've done, which is like right it 's a big topic right now because ryan 's launching his product right. but with with what he teaches is really a way to find out from customers what they don 't know how to ask for, and it 's uncovering challenges in their own words. I do pay attention to that sort of research because that is very, very effective to sharpen what you're doing but yeah there's that balance between your own will and your own confidence and your artistic uh creativity and choices that you make versus bending and flexing to the crowd and i would always argue uh that the customers is is not always right we we can't afford to always listen to them otherwise they would have us bend and flex and become a homogenous company like apple turned into when steve jobs left
0: right didn't know what it Didn't know what it was doing anymore.
1: Yeah, that's right. It just flexed around into corporate, you know, stuff, and basically uh, just just a nothing, just a just a you know bland thing. And you can set yourself up for flexibility, like you were
0: talking about before, how you guys are doing constant R and D. To make sure that, like, when things come down, you're ready for them. I set myself up for flexibility this evening by having a hot dog before the vegetarian (laughs) meal. I was ready, man.
1: What it really is, it's about centering. Like, if you can imagine a a pendulum, you know, like hanging from a string and a lead weight, it can move around and sway in any direction, but it still knows where its center is, and that's its that's its sort of starting point, and it's its it's its um, core. So as I navigate through life, like, again, I've just been traveling. And for some time in the last few weeks, I was uh, traveling in a van in board shorts and bare feet in the middle of nowhere. We were drinking from water bottles only for about a week. There was no running hot water. It was kind of like camping but in an actual normal country. And, you know, you just got to be flexible. At times, there was no internet for a day or two. There, it's hard to find toilet stops. They never have toilet paper. You can't eat all the different foods that are available, so you've got to be flexible with that. And if you're not a good traveller, then you might that might point to, to you being too rigid, and very fixed. Sure, you just or you can't handle. Yeah, it's like these people who bring all their home comforts with them in a huge bag because they just can't be flexible enough to just go with it a bit. And there's no point for those people to travel whatsoever. If they're going to bring home with them, just stay at home. Absolutely. And sorry, I I was just thinking, if this is your first
0: episode of Think, Act, Get, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode (laughs) to understand the context around the groundhog thing, because I feel a little...
1: Well, And the one before that. Yeah.
0: And the one before that. And also context around this like making sure to have a hot dog before the vegetarians come over. I was a vegan for 6 years. I I I just want to give a little bit of context cuz I'm feeling a little embarrassed about some of the stuff that's coming out right now.
1: Well, I'd be more embarrassed about having the does does Inclination to eat 27 bananas, or yeah,
0: that, that was crazy. Um, I had lost my mind for sure, um, in that area, but but, anyways, so so yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that the ability and willingness to adapt to change, see, often what I see happening is when something changes and people are forced, are sort of faced with the potential of changing their behavior to adapt to this new environment. One thing that comes up is if I admit that I have new information now, and that new information now is better than the information I had before and has me want to modify my behavior, it means, this is in their head, it means that I am wrong because I was doing it wrong before. It's like, no, you weren't doing it wrong. You were just doing it different based on the information you had. You now have new information. You can act on that new information, change your behavior based on that new information. It doesn't make you a wrong person. It doesn't make what you were doing wrong. It just means you had different information. And I think that's generally a sticking point. People don't want to be wrong. And so they're not willing, they're sort of rigid in their ways because they don't want to feel like they're, you know, that what they were doing was wrong.
1: Right. And some people are just plain stubborn. I, I'm, <laughs> I know some very stubborn people. It can take them years to change. And they, they, once they bog down, they've got this sunk cost of their position they can't move it because of pride so that i think uh, having a strong pride being particularly stubborn or having a self-talk that conveys that you are stoic might cause you to be less flexible but at the same time you don't want to be too flexible as you mentioned where you're just bending and and uh, always moving around for everyone else and you lose your own identity and i've even been through that phase like you have where i I just care too much sometimes and I've done everything for everyone else and let, let myself go. And I'd call that martyrdom. And not everyone needs to be a martyr because the world will never run out of needy people who will suck your energy. And there are better ways to help people than straight out sacrificing your own life.
0: In fact, sacrificing is the worst thing you can do because then you're in no state to help anyone because you're a mess.
1: Right. It's better, it's better to get powered up to, to not drain from community but provide for community, yes. provide employment opportunities, pay taxes, uh, have legacy, make sure your children are not draining on society, that they have good educations, that they're not ignorant, that they can go out and uh, provide for themselves and their family. Uh, and the, that's what I'm talking about, that – pendulum point that core as you move through life you know I've I've really changed the most in the last few years and just even just driving around a new country um, learning how I'm adapting to lack of traffic regulations and crazy aggressive driving techniques and you know not even little crucifixes and statues of Jesus on the dashboard seems to pacify these road users. So uh, it it's. I had to be flexible. I can't operate the same way that I would operate in my normal environment. I have to change and embrace that and celebrate it and actually acknowledge the difference. I think I actually became more aware and I realized that in the past I've probably been too judgmental and... Um, one you know fixed point of view as to how the world looks and only when you get outside of that can you get a different perspective on it so it's very important if you're ever selling or communicating with other people if you can start developing the ability to move into their mind and to see things from their point of view that should also give you enough flexibility to be able to you know
0: and 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 do that and not be not have it that 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 is scary because you might find something that is in conflict with what you believe, right?
1: Like a lot of people are unwilling to try. Right, well, I'm sure if you if you placed a Muslim and a Christian in the same room...
0: Oh, damn. You going You going religion? You doing it?
1: No, I'm just going to an example here that each one will feel that, that their point of view is the one because it started very early for them, probably. Sure,
0: I suppose depending on the level of, uh, of, of religiousness.
1: Right, and so... Basically, it, it's um, you know, it's in us and them, but you could flip from either side of the table and see from each person's point of view. So that could explain why there's some conflict, but that's even misunderstood because there's more conflicts within each own religion than there is between crossing over the religions according to some of the things that I've recently read. Uh, again, that book Sapiens was absolutely fascinating. Describing us as humans and why we 're so so fearful and why we 're so ill equipped to cope with the technology we 've developed for ourselves because we pretty much ticked along for hundreds of thousands of years until just eleven thousand years ago when we started agriculture, and then we only really got technology fifty years ago, fifty years like we, we 're just not able to deal with it that 's why we 're so trigger happy and uh, and scared we 're still running around with lizard brains and we, we come across something sweet, we're going to gorge ourselves on it because we think we're in the savannah and we need to get that energy in case there's no food tomorrow.
0: And, and you know, I like to think of it like, uh, I think you're right. And I also like to think of it like, like a wave. And the wave is coming, man. And you can ride it or you can fight against it. But if you fight against it, it's you versus the ocean. And so I think this concept of flexibility, one analogy for it is kind of being willing to adapt to the wave of your life and your business. And that wave is going to take you in certain directions. And so you've got to be willing to go in those directions rather than fighting them or take a look at what they are, build tools to ride that wave, like uh, flexibility in the context that we're discussing here is a skill that can be practiced. If you don't, if you feel like you're super rigid in your behaviors and you're super rigid in your viewpoints, like you can change that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, that's it. That's about flexibility. (laughs) So There you go.
0: (laughs) Flexibility. Uh, We got our weekly willpower wager. We're going to roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Thank you, Carol. So what is a problem that you're having? What is one thing? So you've got a problem. I'm sure you've got one. If you don't have any problems, you're doing pretty good. If you've got uh, any kind of problem or something that you identify as a problem in your business or your life that you've asked someone for advice on, what I'd like to know, what we'd like to know is what is one thing that someone suggested that you would never consider as a solution, right? You're just like, that is definitely not the solution. And what we want you to do is investigate why that is. Now, maybe that really is not a potential solution, but what is it? Like, where is that viewpoint coming from? Why do you think that is not a possibility? Investigate that for a little bit. See how that goes for you.
1: Yeah, see if you can place yourself in someone else's shoes and see why would they have suggested that.
0: And we've got our news and updates for Think, Act, Get, Fast Business 2017 in March in Manly. Best conference in our industry Oh, definitely the best conference in all of Australia. Not much competition there. Oh, there's some good conferences in Australia, but there's nothing like the one you
1: do. Yeah, it is a good conference. It's, that's in uh, March 2017. And tickets go on sale July 2016. That's this month. So keep an eye out for that.
0: Wow. July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Eight months, huh? Yep. Think about How about that for planning ahead?
1: Well, Well, I feel like probably a little bit behind where I was last year in terms of planning. But it's, it gives people an opportunity to get their bookings in place, cheaper fares, um, lock down the yeah. special rates on the thing. It does sell out each year. We've reached maximum capacity just before the event. So Love that. It's, it's good. And you know, as, as you know, a lot of other events sort of pop up and plan around it. So I've, I've staked sure, my, sure. my claim. It's just after… Traffic and conversions.
0: Oh, is traffic and conversions in March next year?
1: Yeah, they've moved it right to to uh, the week before. So interesting. But mine will be on the 16th and 17th of March.
0: Well done. Well, for me, I've got Smart Marketer eCommerce All-Stars, my event happening August 4th and 5th, 2016. So we're about a month out. We've got the live stream. We're all sold out. Live stream available there. My my application company, Zipify Apps, uh, which is an app company for Shopify stores, is rocking and rolling. We just released some amazing features into our upsell app, and we've got a new app coming out that uh, builds landing pages for e-commerce stores. And... I have my traffic training, Traffic MBA 2.0 coming out in about two months. It's going to be sort of a modularized, the first time I did it, most successful training program I've ever had as far as client success stories and as far as much as we've created in revenue on one product. Uh, It was our biggest launch ever. People loved it. It was fantastic. And now what we've done is we've modularized it down into little, I don't know if that's a word, but we've. We've created little mini courses out of it like how to do retargeting, how to do e-commerce emails, how to do you know, upsell funnels and all this kind of stuff so that like each individual little course is something that you could take and implement and see a result from and then you can also get the whole series of them. So that's kind of cool and I'm excited about that. So things are going well, man.
1: Yeah, they are for you, mate. That's really, really good. And of course, i got this Maldives thing coming up and it's pretty much covered. I think the last spot – is uh it's definitely been reserved i've got a guy who who's very well known super famous published author and um he's very keen to come so we'll see how that goes
0: you got you've got uh you won't have any groundhog problems out on a boat for a week
1: No more wild uh animals we see spinner dolphins manta rays um little coral little reef sharks those little tiny ones and wow um Lots of fish jumping all the time. Yeah, it should be fun. Good snorkeling.
0: It's so much fun. Oh, my God. Business, surfing, you can't beat it. So listener if you find these conversations interesting so we do these we do this stuff because we find it fascinating and we also find that it is extremely relevant to our businesses we both run seven figure profit businesses not just seven figure businesses businesses that do, that create significant amounts of profit and we apply all of these concepts and ideas to our life, but also to our business. And that's what this show is about. And we're super interested in what you think about this, your experience of it, uh, how it relates to your business, how it relates to your life. So we'd love for you to go on iTunes. You can go to iTunes, think, act, get, leave us a comment. Come to our blog, thinkactget.com, leave us a comment. We will read it out. We will respond to it. Kathy Heschelow, who's in my Blue Ribbon Mastermind, left a comment on disappointment, which is our last episode. And she says, Ezra, we have a raccoon who is recently going on our roof, climbs up a tree to get there. We decided after talking to our yard guy that we'll do a trap and then he'll take it to a wildlife preserve that's a mile away. We might go with him. Uh, so they're going to go see the raccoon off. Uh, a few people, including some trapping companies, kill them. But unless it's something that's trying to kill me and it's self-defense, I just don't want to kill. It's their world too. We have someone coming next week to see if there's a nest or baby somewhere on the roof before we set up the little cage. Thanks to you and James for the podcast and <laughs> enjoy. Oh man, Kathy's gonna be a little disappointed I mean, in me. But that's
1: that's the, that's really the thing. The, the biggest losers in the animal kingdom are like cows and sheep and chicken and pigs.
0: Well, here's a way to think about cows. Right, I was talking to someone about this recently. This conversation has been very on the um, t- front of my mind. Because of this experience with these groundhogs and also like I kill a mouse or I kill flies, I don't even think about it. But because this groundhog is bigger, I suppose I feel – I don't know. Anyway, so I was talking to this farmer who is a dairy farmer and slaughters cows. And her viewpoint – and she's been doing this for like 30 years. Her viewpoint was that cows in the wild – don't live very long. She said, look, cows are not meant to get old. Their joint, they get crazy arthritis. Their joints don't work. Like these animals are not, have you ever seen an old cow in the wild? Like they get eaten. So uh, her viewpoint was that, you know, if you have a cow, have a live a a pleasurable and fun life that if it's
1: for slaughter. But uh, come on, let's get serious. The milking cows only produce milk when there's a baby. So a lot of them, Will separate the babies from birth, or they in some cultures they skin the they kill the calves and and stuff the skin and then splash it with the mum's urine to make it think that it's still got a baby. Oh my god! Or they put a crown of thorns around the baby's mouth so the mum doesn't want to feed it. Yeah, I don't consider myself educated here, by the way. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Take everything I say with a
0: grain of salt. This is just what I heard from some lady.
1: But for you know <laughs> the livestock for factories, apparently they. Um, Basically, when the calves are born, they stick them in a little pen that they can't move. left You know, they can't even walk. And then, like a, f- a f- few months later, they get slaughtered as soon as they're big enough. That's the stuff we stick on the barbecue.
0: Yeah, if you're talking about concentrated animal feeding operations, those are terrible.
1: I'm just saying it's a, it is a massive topic, and uh, the more that that I'm learning about it, the more interesting it is. Yeah,
0: that's that's a whole. I mean, industrial. Oh my God! Indu- the industrial meat culture, the concentrated animal feeding operations, how the chickens are kept—I mean, that is just horrific. I am by no means for the mistreatment and and uh, you know of animals. And and the meat that we eat, by the way, is only organic, local, farm—you know, free range. Like we don't eat meat that comes from those places where animals are just fucking tortured. Pardon my language. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a big issue that. Uh,
1: so Bernie commented on the disappointment. As it sounds like your gardening and rodent experience is very disappointing. I'm curious after spending thirty minutes on thinking about the two sides of the situation, yours and the rodents, yours in the garden, what did you come up with? Well, I think we've updated that one today. <laughs> well,
0: I, I actually decided I wasn't gonna do this, but then Carrie and some friends said, Look,
1: you know, you gotta do
0: it. You gotta you gotta do this and um so then I did it. I, I I caved to the peer pressure, and I, I feel right about it. I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I feel totally right about it. But yeah, uh, we, we did end up with the with the I'd say least popular uh, outcome, which was to uh, rid ourselves of these of these creatures.
1: You you posted a video. You actually s- sent me a little video on your iMessage. Oh God, that, they're so cute. They are cute. <laughs> so uh, Kate left a comment too.
0: Yeah, the video I sent you. I'm going to read Kate's comment. Uh, was just showing you how, I mean, how, how many there are. There's so many of these mm. things. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So, uh, Kate, uh, also on, on the a disappointment episode said, I love this show. I must read that book, Sapiens. Ezra raises such a good point about how easy it is to worry about animal harm yet still eat meat. It does my head in sometimes too. How can you have it both ways? Well, maybe Sapiens will help me there. This is the first Episode I've listened to on my iPhone in the car. Normally I do it at my desk. It was fantastic. I'll have to do it more often. I thought James Shramko's solution to Ezra's issue of what to do, i.e., buy food from the store instead of growing it, was sensational. Sometimes you don't say a lot, James, but when you do, you nail it. I would disagree. I think you say a lot all the time, but you also nail it quite a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Thought you were going to say I don't nail it. That was a classic comedic misdirect. That was good.
0: Yeah, I should have. I should have said that. But but you're 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 spot on, dude. All
1: right, so so my quote. Do I get to quote? You get a quote. Go for it. The measure of intelligence is the ability to change, Albert Einstein.
0: You know, you picked that one for yourself.
1: Yeah, I just got in there quick. When you know, if I get advance notice of a topic, it always gives me the benefit of research and contemplation.
0: Yeah, which you don't often get, by the way. Usually, you're just off the cuff, but
1: normally but, I have to be quite flexible. <laughs>
0: You You have to be flexible (laughs) on that topic because you find out five minutes ahead of time. My quote is, the boldness of asking deep questions may require unforeseen flexibility if we are to accept the answers. The boldness of asking deep questions may require unforeseen flexibility if we are to accept the answers. Brian Green. I don't know who that
1: is, but what a great quote. It is a great quote because – it gives you a huge clue there. If you want to be successful, then ask yourself better questions. Yeah, yeah. And and as you mentioned before, if you can still – if you can have – let go of the pride to change position once you know new information, then then that is power. Absolutely. So this is flexibility, the quality
0: of bending easily without breaking. What is it? How are you using it? How is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of think I get, and think I get is focused on mindset, behavior, and results. And our focus is to improve your life and your business. Because everything that we do is directed at you, our listener. We really appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us, even when we do get into sensitive subjects about, um, you know, animals. Which, uh, yeah, we'll 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 stick to business.
1: So the way you think determines how you act and results in what you get. Did we get through that whole episode without mentioning bamboo? I think we did what
0: uh, I don't think we mentioned bamboo. Uh, although bamboo is unbelievably strong yet extremely
1: flexible. It is, it's like the, uh, the ultimate metaphor for flexibility.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Um, there's a whole uh, quote about the bamboo, you know, there's a whole story about the bamboo farmer and the nine years and this and that. Have you heard that thing?
1: No, you'll have to share it sometime.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe
1: on the <laughs> next one.
0: Uh, thanks, listener. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.